Hello, and welcome to the WWIA Podcast. We're honored to have you join us in our mission to bring honor, connection, and healing to America's combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast and leave us a review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. This episode of the WWIA Podcast is all important as we shine a light on the issue of veteran suicide. Veterans having faithfully served and defended our country are too often lost to suicide. It's not only tragic, but also unacceptable. As United States citizens and supporters of our military, we have a duty to help these remarkable veterans overcome the issues that can lead to suicide. In this episode, WWIA founder and CEO John McDaniel discusses the current statistics surrounding veteran suicide, including some of the contributing causes and some of the preventative factors. He also delves into an important collaborative and evidence-based study between WWIA and Cornell University that shows how the work WWIA is doing is helping prevent veteran suicide and improve the lives of our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes. If you're a veteran, friend, or family member, and you're struggling or considering suicide, we encourage you to please call 988, then press 1 to be connected to a live person at the Veterans Crisis Line. You're not alone. They're available 24 hours a day, it's a confidential call, and they're ready and waiting to assist you. Again, Simply dial 988, then press 1. Okay, so uh, this is the uh, the long-awaited, I don't know if I was long-awaited, but podcast that uh, kind of dragging my feet on doing because I just didn't really feel like I was prepared to do it. Uh, I don't even know if I'm prepared to do it now, but I'm, I'm going for it like everything else in my life. <laughs> Um, hi, I'm John McDaniel, founder and CEO of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, and this is our podcast, Honor, Connect, Heal. So I'm alone today in the uh, in the office. I've got the microphone in my face. It's, uh, I don't know, it's uh, towards the end of February of 2024, and I've been thinking for a long time about this topic, and, um, and, and I'm going to go there today and and talk about it i think it's something that needs to be talked about um and that's uh veteran suicide you know you've probably heard a lot about that on uh you know in various circles and the you know the radio and, and certain reports and people chatting about it that the number you know that you hear a lot is 22 you know 22 veterans are taking their life a day um, you know, the, the, uh, the National Veteran Suicide Prevention, the annual report that came out in 2023, um, showed a little bit of a downtick there, and I'll, I'll get into that. But, you know, at the end of the day, whether the number is, you know, 17 or 22 or someplace in between, whatever that number is, it's just way too high. You know, the fact is, if, you know, if I talk about this here on this podcast for the next 45 minutes to an hour, 
uh, statistically speaking, a veteran's going to take their life. You know, he or she's going to take uh, their life during the, the the course of you listening to this podcast, and that's just sad and that's wrong. And and we've got to do something about this. Okay, I know a lot of people are you know um, you know working on this, trying to do. Uh, something that makes a difference. Uh, I know the foundation has been doing it, you know, for 17 years, um, you know, trying to improve the quality of uh, our veterans' lives, our combat wounded in particular. And, uh, you know, we've got a heck of a a track record, you know. In 17 years, uh, I am unaware of any veteran in our population that's, uh, you know, taken his or her life, you know, knock on wood. Um, so there's something going on there, and I'll talk about that. You know, we commissioned a study a couple of years ago in concert with Cornell University to kind of take a hard look at what we're doing and the results of what the foundation is doing um, in terms of measurable results. And, and you know, we are a you know, purpose-built, uh, purposefully built uh, organization, you know, wouldn't, you know, we didn't just stumble on this formula. We studied it. We, um, practiced it. We, we pivoted when we needed to. And, and, you know, here we are providing world-class outdoor sporting activities, you know, for our combat wounded as a way of, you know, helping them in their recovery efforts. And so, um, and there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of layers there. And, I'll, you know, we'll talk about that in the balance of this. But I have three primary resources that I want to um, use here, talk about. Um, one is, of course, the 2023 National Veteran Suicide Prevention Annual Report. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's 88 pages. I, I, I printed it. I've read it several times. Um, and I've kind of dog-eared and, you know, stickied a few pages here. Uh, you know, bear with me as I, you know, shuffle through this document and a few others because the other, you know, the other document that I, I'm going to use, the other resources um, from the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, a government entity on risk and protective factors for suicide prevention. Now that that document is not geared towards veterans per se. It's just geared towards you know anybody um, you know the general population you know writ large. But it's it's very well written uh, and and it's very clear and very concise. So if you're looking for that, I think I would just uh, go on to the CDC website or Google. You know, CDC risk and protective factors, and I'm sure it'll pop up. I think I've got like five or six pages there, so it's that—that's not a, a very thick document. But the the National Veteran Suicide Prevention document, the annual report, that's that's pretty weighty. And then um, the other resource is is the results of our survey that we've been doing for for two years. Like I said earlier, in concert with uh, you know Cornell University. And those results uh, are published on our website, and I'll get to that. I'll kind of save that for the end. But I wanted to, you know, first start out by framing, you know, the problem. I think I did when I, you know, started this thing, you know, 22 veterans a day or 17 veterans a day, whatever the number is, you know, um, that's just, it's just unacceptable. It's, it's too many. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, when you begin to think about this, which, you know, I have uh, given it a lot of thought, um, and a lot of action too. Quite frankly, um, the whole organization is is working, 
you know, to improve the veterans' lives that uh, have served our country and were wounded in the process. And we've done that, you know, for 17, going on 18 years now. And we've learned a lot in that in that process. But, you know, the one thing, you know, and I, I'm not an expert, uh, you know, on this topic. I, I drug my feet going into this thing, did a lot of soul searching, and, and you know, what am I going to say, you know? Uh, you know, actions speak a lot louder than words, but I, I just really thought it was important, you know, from an educational perspective to to, to address this and even look at it from a scientific perspective and from a data perspective. And, and also, you know, quantitative data is important, very important, you know, in the scientific world, but so is qualitative data, you know, and it's, it's just how do you feel, you know, I mean, let's face it, um, you know, people who, who decide to take their lives, whether you're a veteran or, you know, a civilian, whether you served and ever served you know it's you know the i'm going to say it you know i've get this i didn't read this i just you know this is how i feel about it you know so i'm just going to take the gloves off and i'm just going to talk about it you know as i would talk to you uh, you know a friend somebody that i you know that i care about um you know and and the number one thing i have to say you know about it is don't do it (laughs) you know do not do not take your, you know, don't, don't even, you know, don't even think about it. You know, if you find yourself in that position, um, you know, you've lost hope as an example. What I want to, you know, instill in people's mind is, you know, this is the most selfish thing you can do. Okay. I mean, look at how many people, you know, you're going to hurt in this process. People who care about you, people who love you, um, you know, it just, you know, it's, just the wrong thing to do if you if you feel like you've lost hope you know especially if you're a veteran there there are ways of getting help i promise you lots of people out there lots of organizations and and you know on the on the topic of hope you know i would say never lose hope you know in the military they say hope isn't a course of action well you know maybe if you're planning a complex you know raid or 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 ambush or you know something like this yeah we don't we don't talk about hope in military operations but you know this post military operations we're going to talk a lot about hope i think hope we all have to have hope and if you're searching for hope or thought think you've lost hope there are so many ways to restore that and find it okay but you, you know i'm going to say it, i'm going to just mention it right now because there is a veteran crisis line all you have to do is dial 988 okay and then press 1 and that that's going to that's going to get you on the a veterans crisis line so you know 988 it's on our website it's all over the place but that's the number um you know and and you know please if if you're thinking about doing that don't you know just don't we can help you okay people are here to help you that's my number one message okay and for everybody else this is going to be sort of a you know hopefully you know a bit of a eye-opener and you know education on what's really going on here and what things we can do, you know, the, the, you know, the risk, you know, uh, factors and the protective factors. Those are very, very important. When I read those, you know, in the, in the CDC's uh, guidelines, I was like, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and the, the veterans report here, the 23 report, it's just, it's a bunch of statistics, you know, and I'm just going to go through that to, you know, to help frame, you know, the problem here. I'm not going to read you this document. I'll read a few of the things that I've in dog-eared here. Uh, but I think the number one thing, you know, that people, 
you know, the cause of this is just basically um, the loss of hope, you know, and, and where can you find hope? Well, you, you can find it in, in family and friends and loved ones and, you know, church and in relationship, you know, with God, you know, perhaps um, they're, you know, confiding in a buddy. You know, a good friend, a family member, you know, get engaged in the community. I mean, this is when we when we, you know, examine it, that's what it kind of boils down to. People who take their life have lost hope, you know, and so we need to restore that. We need to reverse that trend. And there are ways of doing it. I promise you. Okay, it's not as bad as you think. It never is. (laughs) Okay, and people care about you. People love you. Don't do that because it just shatters people's lives. You know, and it's just very selfish and it's wrong. So don't do it. I don't know what else to say, but if you were sitting next to me and you were thinking about it, I'd be looking you right dead in the eye and I'd be saying that. Okay. So, you know, here we have this report, you know, from the, you know, Veterans Administration. And, you know, just flipping through it here, um, you know, uh, it's a complex issue. Okay. The pandemic didn't help. You know, um, you know, lots of stress involved with that and strain on family relations and relationships and, you know, uh, lack of social support. You know, the pandemic, you know, it, it, it to include, you know, financial concerns, um, you know, perhaps preconditions, uh, you know, pre-existing mental conditions, mental health conditions and disorders. You know, these are all these things that, you know, sort of, um, you know, gave rise to, a, you know, a spike in the number of suicides. Um, the pandemic didn't help. But this thing is this study here that the Veterans Administration has done starts back in 2001. You know, with like nine one one time. You know, just twenty, you know, twenty two years ago. You know, they start collecting. You know, some data here, and you know, interestingly, you know, I was just going to cover some of the things that I, you know, that I I found to be interesting, like on females. My goodness, who'd have thought? And this is a direct quote. I'll just read you page eight. You know, on the the veterans um, suicide annual report, the increase in veteran suicide seen in 2021 compared to 2020 was particularly seen in women veterans, for whom there was a 24.1 percent increase in age-adjusted suicide rate compared to an increase of 6.3 among male veterans. Okay, so females um, are you know, take veteran females are taking, you know, their lives at a much higher rate, like a four times that of, of males. Like what's going on there? Ladies, <laughs> you know, we can help you. All right. Uh, so I just, I just don't know what to say about that. I would have never guessed that. So I thought that was an interesting thing, you know, and I don't know how many females I, I, I did, um, you know, here recently ask, you know, how many veteran Purple Heart recipients that we have in our database, and it's not very many, you know. I mean, I, I think the number's like 12 or something like that, you know. I mean, and there's 1,500 men. Well, that kind of makes sense, you know, that there would be fewer female Purple Heart recipients um, than, than there are males. But um, then this report is not specific to, you know, uh, those wounded in action and received the Purple Heart. You know, it just says veterans, right? So... Anyway, um, that's, a, you know, that's interesting. The female piece is a very interesting um, phenomenon. I, you know, 
key findings of the report for 2023. In 2021, adjusted suicide rates were highest among veterans between the ages of 18 and 34, followed by 30, uh, those aged 35 to 54. Okay, So it used to be, um, I think in the previous report, um, and that's a recent trend, uh, but it, I think it was the, the, the 35 to 54 um, year olds that ha- had a higher rate, but but now the trend is is you know, lower. You know, an age group lower of eighteen to thirty four. You know, so I thought that was interesting. Um, here here I, I I earmarked this you know average per day, and there's this statistic here. Um, you know, veteran suicide deaths from twenty uh, yeah twenty oh one from two thousand one to two thousand and twenty one. Okay. And that uh, looks like an EKG chart, you know, and, and this is page 15. If you're following along, average number of suicides per day in 2021, there were an average of 127 suicides per day among U.S. adults. That's not veterans. That's just adults in America, including 17.5 per day among veterans and 109 per day among non-veteran adults. Okay, so. Um, there you have it, you know, 17.5 a day among veterans, just way too high, right? That's just not, that's not, that's not good. We've got to do something about that. And we're going to talk about what we can do. Okay. So here's another one at, you know, so the, 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 the topic here is suicide rates, the data, suicide rates, bisects. And the bullet there is in 2021, the age adjusted suicide rate of veteran men was 43% greater than that of non-veteran U.S. adult men. I'll read that again. Okay. In 2021, the age-adjusted suicide rate for veteran men was 43.4% greater, almost half, okay, almost, you know, half as many uh, times. It was greater for the for, uh, than the non-veteran U.S. adults, and the age-adjusted suicide rate for women was 166 percent higher. Okay, for veterans, veteran women than it was for non-veterans, 166 percent higher. Man, there's something going on there, right? I mean, hey, it's it's a tough job, man. That's what I've been saying for. I'm gonna take a drink of coffee here. Excuse me. Yeah, so um, that's what I've been saying, you know, for for years. And I, I, hey, I'm not unique in saying it. I just happen to say it a lot, you know. But you know, you put on a uniform, okay. You raise your right hand. Uh, I don't want to serve this country. Whether you're a Marine, or Army guy, Coast Guard, uh, you know, Air Force, you know, Space Force, doesn't matter. One of the service branches. Of course, the you know the army and the marines are you know that's what they do. They fight you know and win our nation's wars predominantly. And I'm not saying the navy guys don't because they certainly do. But uh, in, in in terms of you know the probability of 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 seeing you know actual ground combat, you know the marines and the army, yeah, they're going to lead the way. That's what these guys do. You know, jump out of planes, hit the beaches you know, close with and destroy the enemy and bad things are going to happen. You're going to see bad things, okay? Um, you're going to have to do bad things. You know, nobody else can do this job. And you know, and if you do it long enough, hey, I'm just saying one time is enough, okay? But some of these guys and gals are on their 8th, ninth, 10th. I've met some some of our heroes that we've served. I know a guy that's been on 14 different deployments. 14. 
That's just crazy, you know? And 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 just one time's enough to change your life. You know, you can't get some of that stuff out of your head. You know, you, you how could you? You know, it's it's traumatic. Um, and, and it's not like you can forget what just, you just saw or forget what, you know, just, you just did. Um, and so that has a tendency, I think, to weigh on people and, well, I know it does, you know, and it's this, you know, cumulative effect of, of, of that type of work, um, you know, that, that, you know, wears you down, that and, and just, you know, life in general, I think. But, um, you know, there's there's hope, okay? You know, if you're one of those guys or gals that been there and done that, you know, and experienced a lot of trauma and did things, that you, sh- you know, that you shouldn't have had to do but did, um, you know, there's there, there's hope out there. There's there there's help. you got to get it, Okay. You gotta get it. You gotta, you gotta stop. You know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You take that first step. That's the hardest one. You know, it's like they say. You know, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic or anything. But you know, I've seen. You know, hey, my name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. You know, and hey, that's a. Why do they start that meeting out that way? I reckon they do because that's facing. That's getting real, man. You gotta get real. At first, we got to face the music and we got to get real. And, and your part, if you're struggling, you know, have lost hope, your get real is, I need help. Okay, don't be afraid to say that. I need help. That's where that crisis line comes in. You know, again, 988, just pick up your phone and dial 988 and press 1 after that, okay? That's the, the veteran crisis line. So it starts with, I need help. You know, you're not in this alone. There's a, there's so many people and so many organizations and so many ways to, you know, to, to, to you know, reinstill hope in your life, right? So, all right. So I get a little off, off tangent there, but, uh, you know, I wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, finish. I want to finish going through this. Okay. So, you know, suicide rates, this is still on the veterans, uh, you know, annual report, the National Veteran Suicide Prevention Annual Report 2023. Okay, page 19. All right. Suicide rates by sex and age. In 2021, suicide rates were highest among veterans between the ages of 18 and 34. I think I said that already. But there's, I put a star by it, you know, uh, and it was then followed by, you know, um, you know, the, the older population there of, I think, 35 to 54. It wasn't much of a difference there, but still, nonetheless. Okay, so there's, there's all this, you know, all this data in here. If you want to... Uh, you know, care to, uh, um, you know, dig into that, you know, Google that report, and you can read all about it, okay? You know, I, I'm a kind of a st- statistics guy, and so at the back of the report on page 49, you know, I like uh, I like uh, making sense of, of, you know, complex situations through, you know, pattern analysis, and statistics help us do that pretty good and so here a change percentage is something i've i've always been you know very fascinated by you know interested in you know change percentages you know how much did it change well why did it change because the things start peeling the onion back right and kind of get to then the root of of what caused the change or the significant change and um I don't, you know, profess to know what that is in this case, but just starting with some of the statistics, 
Table three on page 49 of the report, uh, you know, says suicide rate per 100,000 change from 2001 to 2021. Okay. Um, you know, so here it is, age 18 to 34. And, and, and the, the, this is, there was a 100, 100% change between 2001 and 2021 in the number of veterans that, uh, in that age group, 18 to 34, that took their lives. So that's significant. Okay. And then same thing when you get to ages 55 to 74, in that same time period, from 2001 to 2021, in that age group, 55 to 74, there was 116% change, okay? <laughs> Increased, an increase in, in, in suicide rates among the, that group. And for women, ages 18 to 34, in that same time period, 2001 to 21, there was 150% change. Something going on there, you know, and I'm sure that it's related to, you know, to combat. You know, I mean, of course, the country was in, in you know, engaged in active combat for over 20 years in Afghanistan, you know, and, and here we are, you know, looks like we're going back at it again. You know, I mean, this country has a tendency to wage war in every 10 years. You just look at it every 10, 20 years where, you know, we're back at it and, you know, we're, we're you know, strapping it on and, 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 you know, going out there defending freedom someplace, you know, around the globe. Um, you know, just look at the patterns, you know, going back from World War One to present time, you'll see it, you know, and what goes around comes around, as they say, right? So anyway, I'm going to shift gears and talk about suicide prevention, okay? And, and the CDC. It's four pages here, but I, I'm going to go through it kind of quick. Okay, so they break this down into risk and protective factors. And I think that's, um, I think that's appropriate. <laughs> I mean, they're smart. Okay, so, you know, circumstances that, and this from, from, from their from their documentation, circumstances that increase the risk for suicide. They break it down into individual risks, relationship uh, and relationship risks, okay? So for individual risks, uh, these personal factors contribute to the risk. Previous suicide attempt, history of depression or other mental illness, serious illness such as chronic pain, Okay, criminal slash legal problems, job slash financial problems or loss, impulsive or aggressive tendencies, substance use and abuse, uh, current or prior history of adverse childhood experiences, sense of hopelessness, there it is, violence or victimization and or uh, yeah, just violence or victimization. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so those are the individual risks, relationship risk factors. These harmful or hurtful experiences with relationships contribute to the risk. Bullying. How about that? Family, loved ones, history of suicide. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's a, there, you know, there's a, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple uh, right there. Loss of relationships high conflict or violent relationships, and then social isolation. Interesting, right? Okay, so um, that's, uh, you know, that, that's the individual risk factors and relationship risk factors, okay? So let's just talk for a second about 
the protection, okay, how to protect against suicide risk. And again, they break it down into, you know, very similar categories. You've got individual, you know, relationship, you know, community and societal protective factors. And, and, and so I'm just going to go through those and then I'm going to, you know, go, dovetail over to the, you know, the survey that the foundation's been doing and, and what the results say there, you know, we can draw, you can, you know, draw your own conclusions. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Okay. So individual protective factors, these personal factors protect against suicide risk. Number one, okay. Effective coping and problem solving skills. How about that? Think about that for a second. You know, that has, that's, that's, that, that, that speaks directly to resiliency, you know, and we're, we're, we're not born. I don't think, and we might you know, we're resilient. Humans are very resilient. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, I don't think you're, you, you know, you, you might have some, you know, innate ability, you know, to, to coping mechanisms, but um, effective coping and problem solving skills, problem solving skills involve, you know, executive brain function, right? So, you know, those are things that have to be developed. And so if you're a person that has, is struggling with coping or struggle, struggling with problem solving skills, there's ways there's ways to get stronger in those areas. I promise you. Okay. And there's a lot of people and organizations that can help you. All right. How about this? Here's some more, you know, personal factors to protect against suicide risk. Reasons for living, for example, family, friends, pets, strong sense of cultural identity. Okay. Cultural identity, strong sense, important, right? Okay. So relationship protective factors, these healthy relationships, Relationship experiences protect against suicide risk. Here they are. Support from partners, friends, and family. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Feeling connected to others, very important. That's going to come back. You're going to see these things again in our survey and the results of what the heroes are telling us. I promise you. So uh, community protective factors, these again are things that protect against suicide. These supportive community experiences protect against suicide risk. So I just got done talking about individual, got done talking about relationships. Now we're talking about community protective factors, feeling connected to school, community, and other social institutions. Think about that. It's very, very, very important. Feeling connected to school, community, and other social institutions. Okay, availability of consistent and high-quality physical and behavioral health care. All right, healthcare is super important, right? The the Veterans Administration, I know it has been given a bad rap um, in certain circles, but you know, I'm telling you, I talk to these heroes for 17 years. I've been talking to these guys on events, and I say, hey, you know, how, how's the how's your healthcare with the VA? Oh, it's great, sir. You know, it's great. You know, I mean, they take care of me. You know, so you know, anybody who's bad mouthing the VA healthcare system is probably, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I'm not calling you out here, man. Tr trust me, but you know, I, I'm telling you, every single, I must, I mean, I, maybe there's been an instance or two where somebody gave me, you know, I got the ball ache over this, yada yada yada, but. You know, by and large, every veteran I talk to says the same thing about the VA healthcare system. It's great. Hey, sir, it's great. You know, um, I don't need any more stitches. And I don't need any more pills. You know, they've, they, you know, I'm, 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 if something's wrong, they help me. 
And I think that's true. You, you, but you've got to get involved in the veteran health care uh, community if you're not. If you're a veteran and you're not connected to it, then you got to take action, man. You know, you got to do it. Like the statistics show that if you're involved in the veterans health care community, okay, and actively seeking help, you're going to get better. They're going to take care of you. All right. So take that step, you know, you got to. Anyway, um, so I, I wanted to mention, you know, those things. And then the last one here is societal protective factors. These cultural and environmental factors with the larger, with the larger society protect against suicide risk, re- reduced access to lethal means of suicide among people at risk. Hey, if you think you're at risk or are at risk, Go lock up your firearms. They should be locked up anyway. They should be unloaded, you know, um, <laughs> and and safe. Okay, um, and, and and if you were in the military, you not know do that. Okay, so just go do that. You do that right now. <laughs> you know for sure. It's not funny. Just do it. All right. And if you're at risk, go secure your firearms and 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 get some help. That's what you got to do. Okay. All right. So um, here we go. Uh, this is, you know, keep going through this here. Uh, do do you know the warning signs for suicide? Hey, this is this this. I'll tell you. You know what the Veterans Report calls for? It calls for a whole of nation response to this. A whole of nation that includes you. So don't think this is somebody else's problem. You want to get involved? You want to make a difference? You can. Okay, this is your problem. This is my problem. This is our society's problem, and you can get involved. That's why. That's why I'm doing this here. You know, it's not just. This isn't just directed at the the veterans we serve, because we're not really seeing a huge problem. You know, with with the, those within the WWI ranks. Okay, and there's a reason for that. We'll get to that here at the end. That's kind of the punchline. But for everybody else out there, you, you know. Um, you know, I'm t- I'm trying to educate you a little bit on on what the CDC says and what the Veterans Administration says. So here's the question: Do you know what the warning signs are for suicide? I'm going to tell you. If someone's at risk for suicide, you can watch for the the following warning signs, and here's what they include: talking one, talking about being a burden, being isolated, increased anxiety, talking about feeling trapped or unbearable pain. Increased substance use or abuse. Uh, Looking for ways to access lethal means. Increased anger or rage. Extreme mood swings. Expressing hopelessness. Sleeping too little or sleeping too much. Talking or posturing about wanting to die. Loss of relationships. High conflict or violent relationships. Social isolation. So there you have it. Um, So that's what the CDC says, right? So again, protective factors and risk factors. All right. So um, there are some signs for you to think about uh, as you're going about your way. So I'm just going to turn here um, to uh, our website. And uh, we put it out there, and I'll tell you, um, I, I I talked to, you know, when we were putting this together with uh, Cornell University and Dr. Keith Tidball, he came um, out, out to our, uh, our guide school last summer. You know, the survey was about a year and a half old at that point. We'd been collecting primary data, you know, asking the, the heroes how they, you know, felt before they went on the event and then afterwards so we can get some comparison. 
And, um, you know, I called him up. He invited him to the guide school. I said, hey, man, these the, we're, our guides have been, you know, administering the survey for a year and a half, and they need to hear from you, you know, whether or not this shit works. Okay? <laughs> Pardon my French. Um, you know, so that... He showed up with the stats, you know, pulled them off the off the database and crunched the numbers. And, and he sat in front of our guides at guide school and he says, hey, you know, I appreciate you guys, you know, helping us out, you know, collecting this data, having the heroes, you know, do this. I know it's kind of a pain in the in the butt, but, you know, appreciate it. And uh, and I certainly do. Um, all, all you heroes, uh, the guides that are helping us administer and those that are taking our um, our survey, I certainly do appreciate it. And and so Keith's report, his slide deck started out with, "Does this shit work?" <laughs> so we didn't we didn't. I said that I, I, in the website. It says this stuff works. Pardon my French. Okay, sorry. Does this stuff work? Well, this stuff does work. Okay, and and this is what the this is this is this is primary data from uh, two hundred and one respondents. We're gonna. I think the number's like two hundred and seventy right now. So we're about thirty. Uh, respondents away from the magic number of 300 and then you know we can you know start shooting off star clusters and all this but you know 300 respondents in any scientific study you know is significant you know it rounds the corner to you know this is you know it's hard to it's hard to poke uh you know holes in that in that particular balloon you know if you've got 300 respondents you know the data that you're that i'm about to describe you know it's not going to change much you know we're 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 you know i looked at the the numbers when we were at 270 and and it's right in line with what i'm about to say so um you know it'll change a little bit but it won't be statistically significant so this is what the veterans, uh, these are combat wounded veterans that participate in WWI sanctioned events. Okay. And we have, I think, uh, 42 events in 30 some odd different states across the nation, you know, serving about 200 right now, Purple Heart recipients annually. And this is what they're showing up with. This is what they show up to the event with. Okay. Not what, ha not how they feel afterwards. Cause that's where we're, where we're going to go. So this was, how do you feel, you know, before you go on an event? So 137 of them of the 204. Okay. Well over half said they have PTS symptoms. Okay. Post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. They had, you know, over half, which we, ex would, we would expect. Okay. Um, okay. So, Half of them said they have loss, loss interest, okay, a loss of interest in, in just in general, you know, in life. Not good, right? 94 of them said that they felt isolated, 94 or 204. So, again, about half right there. All right. So 90% said, I'm sorry, not 90%, 90 of the 204, okay, so just a little bit below half said that they had low connections to communities. Right, that's not good, right? And then 75 of the 204 said that they had low connections to veterans. It's not good either, okay? And then there's more, you know, self-esteem, you know, low self-esteem, low self-reliance, you know, this kind of thing. They're in smaller percentages, you know, in the 50, 50 of the, you know, about a quarter of the respondents indicate that. So, but anyway, we're going to go on. And, and this is, you know, responses reference, you know, improvement by risk factor. Okay, those are the risk factors, by the way. 
and they and they follow what the CDC said. It says purposefully built, right? So we wanted to know. Well, yeah, how do you feel before? How do you feel after? Okay, so afterwards, I'm just going to pick off a few of these that are, that are really interesting. So connections to veterans, right? This is after the event. 164 of the 204 said that they felt greater connections to veterans. You know, I don't think that's earth shattering. The statistics off the chart, positive, right? But you kind of would expect that. I would hope. You're going to go on this event with three to five, you know, it's usually closer to five than it is to three, you know, um, other combat wounded veterans, and you're going to spend a long weekend together. How can you not feel more connected? That's that's why we do it. <laughs> it's a risk factor, you know, no, no, you know, no connections to, you know, people that are important to you or communities. Commun speaking of communities, okay, so connections to communities, 125, per 125 of the 204 said that they felt greater connections to communities as a result of being on a WWI event. Their interest level, 132 of the 204, you know, I'll get to the percentages here in a second, said that, that, that their interest level had increased. Okay, connections to nature, 155 of the 204 have felt experienced greater connections to nature. That's good. Okay, so the scientific, thinking about whether I feel part of a team, 77% said that they felt more part of a team after they went on a WWI event, right? Thinking about having a sense of meaning and purpose in my life, 62% said that they had felt greater meaning and purpose in their life after a WWI event. When I consider my connection to other veterans, 88%, okay, 88% said that they felt more connected to other veterans after an event. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Okay, 83% said that they felt more connected to nature and the outdoors than they did before the event. That's important. Connecting to nature is huge. It's huge. <laughs> you feel bad? Get outside. Go do something outside, you know? Get connected with nature. Okay, 75% said that they felt less isolated after a WWI event. That kind of makes sense, too. But, hey isolation it's a risk factor right so anyway that's just some of the highlights and i wanted to mention it so that you know if you want to find this on our on our website let me see where do you go here um just go to the wwi page and then and then look for this stuff uh this stuff works okay it's 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 out there it's uh on our page under under resources and we also list the uh, crisis line number there as well. It's uh, for, for those that are uh, not taking notes, it's 988. <laughs> Dial 988. That's the crisis, the veteran crisis line, and you will get help. Okay. So anyway, um, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know how I did on this one, but I, 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 I was struggling whether or not I was going to do it. It's a hard topic, but I wanted to. I wanted to get it out there and, and, and just say, hey, you know, if you're one of those people, whether you're a veteran or, or not, and you feel like you have, you're, you're at risk in any way, shape, or form, you're feeling any of those, experiencing any of those feelings that I addressed earlier uh, on, in, in terms of risk, please, by all means, please go seek help, okay? And, and there is help out there, and there's a lot of it. 
you just got to take the step, right? You got to take the step. It's not as bad as you think it is. I promise you, okay? And for everybody on this team, on the WWI team who's helping our veterans, our combat wounded, our Purple Heart recipients, what I have to say to you is thank you. What you're doing is making a difference, making a huge difference, okay? And just keep up the good work, man. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, it's incredible what you're doing. You know, whether you're a host, a hero, a guide or a supporter, somebody who just, you know, provides us resource to help us do this very important mission. This is making a difference. This stuff does work. Okay. It absolutely works. And now we have the scientific evidence proving that it does work. Okay. And so I just wanted to say, especially to those that are out there um, who, 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 who might be struggling, get help. Okay. Please get help. Um, it's not as bad as you think it is. And for everybody who's feeling good about themselves and you should, you know, um, what I have to say is bravo Zulu. I think that's Navy talk for good job. Okay. You just keep doing what you're doing. Keep smiling, you know, get through the obstacle. It's not nearly as bad. It starts with getting real though. Okay. It starts with getting real. You got to get real and you got to get real, real quick. Okay. So, um, you know, that look, take a hard, take a hard look at your life and what's going on, you know, and, and seek help. Uh, cause there's a lot of it out there. Okay. I think I'm done. I appreciate everybody and, and what you're doing. Thanks for listening to me. I hope this, this helps. Um, and if you know somebody who's struggling, please connect them, you know, share this podcast with them and, um, and, and let's do something, right? You got to do something. You got to take action. Wounded Warriors in action. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and to heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.